You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Anita Marks with you on this Sunday morning here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, a lot going on today, right? Um, we're we're going to kick it off with what's going on with the Yankees and Josh Donaldson for sure. We'll open up the phone lines. We'll get your calls. Uh, we'll talk some Rangers as uh, they're looking to uh, get into this series. As we know, they're down 0-2 to the Canes. And so um, we'll dive into that. Moke Hamilton's going to join us at the top of the 10 o'clock hour. We'll talk NBA. Very surprising win, at least in my eyes, for uh, for the Miami Heat, especially since they lost Jimmy Butler. Bam Abadeo came out and, and just had an unbelievable performance last night against the Boston Celtics. And so now they recapture home court advantage and, and the Miami Heat are up 2-1 uh, in that series. So we'll dive into some NBA talk with you as well. Uh, we'll touch on some NFL as uh, OTAs wrapped up this past week, and, and we'll recap that. Um, also, the Preakness, early voting wins. So uh, we'll, we'll just a lot, a lot obviously, going on, but probably none more um, interesting uh, than, uh, than what's go- going on with the Yankees right now. As we know, the Yankees, they beat the White Sox yesterday 7-5. Seven, seven, uh, the positive is Cortez Another solid outing, five innings. Yes, gave up six hits, three runs, five, seven strikeouts. But uh, LeMayu, uh, four RBIs, uh, hit a home run. Great, right? Like uh, Yankees win. We, we get to forget about uh, what happened with the Orioles. Uh, but a lot happened on the diamond yesterday, um, specifically with Josh Donaldson. So this is what we do know. Tim Anderson, shortstop for the White Sox. Um has accused Josh Donaldson of a racist remark. Apparently um, he, uh, Josh Donaldson called Tim Anderson, uh, Jackie, what's up Jackie, uh, when he was rounding the bases yesterday. Now keep in mind back in 2019 in an SI article, Tim Anderson was quoted as saying, I feel like I'm today's Jackie Robinson. I need to change the game. And so this is a comment, a statement that has been out there since 2019, Apparently, uh, in, in both both players have confirmed this that um, Donaldson has joked and has called Tim Anderson Jackie before, based on that SI article that was written and comments that 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 Tim Anderson had said. Um, but yesterday, uh, the joke got stale. Um, not only did reports, again, this is all reports, what we're reading, not only did John Donaldson say it once, he said it twice. He called him Jackie twice. Um, let, let's listen in. Uh, this, is, this is Josh Donaldson talking to the media, explaining exactly what went down yesterday. All right, so first inning, I called him Jackie. So let me give you a little context of that. 2019, he came out with an interview, said that he's a new Jackie Robinson of baseball. He's going to bring back fun for the game, right? And 2019, when I played for Atlanta, we actually joked about that on the game. Um, I don't know what's changed from, and I've said it to him uh, in years past, not, not in any manner they're just joking around for the fact that he called himself Jackie Robinson, you know. Um, so, you know, if something has changed uh, from that, like my meaning of that is not at any term uh, trying to be racist by any fact of the matter. Um, it was just off of an interview that what he called himself. And when we said that before we joked about it, he laughed. 
whatever. Uh, as you could tell in our series that we've played, there's been multiple times where I've tried to defuse the situation. Like I, I took responsibility for the tag, wasn't trying to do anything there. Like today, just trying to defuse it. Like, hey, like make light. Like, hey, I, we're not trying to start any brawls or anything like that. Um, obviously, he deemed that it was disrespectful. And look, if he did, I apologize. Like that's not what I was trying to do by any manner. Um, and. You know, that's really, that's what happened. So again, you know, he, he alluded, and that was Josh Donaldson, by the way, he alluded to the 2019 SI article where uh, Tim Anderson called himself uh, the present day Jackie Robinson needing to change the game. Um, but, and, and, and Donaldson saying when he was in Atlanta, he had called him Jackie before. What has changed? Well, uh, listen, since 2019, let's be honest, people, a lot has changed. Um, you know, we, we live, we live in a society and a culture and, uh, a lot, a lot, a lot more sensitivity and regardless, you know, you could say, Hey, I'm not a racist, but you, you still, you know, you, you, sometimes you might say something that, you know, you don't feel is a racist comment, but because of, of how sensitive our environment is right now, it does come across racist, uh, because there, there is a heightened sensitivity in around um, our, our culture right now. Um, here, here's, here's, and again, I'm, I'm reading into this. Uh, we're going to hear more from, uh, Josh Donaldson. We're going to hear from Tim Anderson as well. And we'll open up the phone lines. I'm curious. I, I, I would, I, I'm curious. I, I'd love to hear from our listeners out there. What, what side do you stand on here? Because, um, it's, 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 there's a big polarization here in regard to reaction on social media reaction with a number of analysts in around major league baseball. But, these two got into somewhat of a scrap back on May 13th and um, when when they played back on May 13th. I think that might have something to do with it, right? Like you get into you get into like, you know, a, a, a push and shove. You get a little scrappy while somebody's turning the bases or, you know, I don't know exactly all that went down, but apparently there was an altercation there, some physicality that took place back on May 13th uh, when these two teams played each other. Um and and apparently Donald Donaldson didn't just say it once yesterday. He said it twice. It's one of those things, you know, when you, you and and I and I'm sure you guys have been in a situation before where like you try to land a joke and it doesn't fly the first time, and then maybe you try it again and it 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 even it it has a worse result the second time. But you 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 shouldn't you shouldn't have even gone back there. I, I, you know, a lot of times like, you know, why, why, if, if it failed once, or even if you said it once, why, why say it again? Sometimes it's, you know, you, you might, you might think you're, you're, you're being cute about something. You might feel that you've got a, a, a smart reaction to something and, and you go back to the well again within an hour or two hours and don't you sit back and go, Oh, I shouldn't, that's so that's stupid. I shouldn't have gone back there again. I, I just, I'm reading into this, uh, but I think it's 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 a multitude of things that happened here from the 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 game that was played on May 13th to the sensitivity that we are in, that that we are facing that we are experiencing in society right now when it comes to racism and the fact that 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 Donaldson said it twice, not just once. You're rounding the base, hey Jackie. Okay, wrong to begin with. Why say it again? 
What's the point of saying it again? Don't quite understand. Uh, let's listen in more from Josh Donaldson on if he's going to meet with Tim Anderson following yesterday. I mean, I can. I don't know how willing he is. I mean, obviously, I mean, you've, it, there's been a couple situations where, you know, he's <laughs> trying to get in my face and say other words to me. And, you know, it just keeps happening. That's why I, after I slid into second base today, I just kind of like looked at him after he said something to me. And I'm like, all right, I'm just, I just laughed. Like, I'm like, I've had enough, you know. So uh, not sure if he's going to uh, get with him. Um, let's listen in. This is Tim Anderson's reaction when he spoke to the, the media post game. Yeah, he just made a you know disrespectful comment. Uh, you know, basically was you know trying to call me Jackie Robinson. Like, what's up, Jackie? Uh, you know, uh, I don't play like that. You know, I don't I don't really play at all. Uh, you know, I wasn't. I wasn't really, you know, bothering nobody today, but, uh, you know, he made a comment, and, uh, you know, it was, it was disrespectful, and uh, I don't think it was called for, it was unnecessary. That was when you guys crossed past the shortstop there, at the end of the third? <laughs> yeah, but that happened in the first, the first time he got on, you know, and I spared him that time, uh, and then it happened again, um, and, you know, uh, it was just, you know, just uncalled for, you know, it's not, you know, I got time to, you know, be playing like that. How did you manage to contain yourself based on that kind of comment? Uh, you know, uh, I don't know, to be honest. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know, to be honest. Uh, you know, uh, it was very disrespectful, you know. Uh, you just don't want to play like that. You call it disrespectful. Tony just said it was racist. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah. same, same, same along, along that same line, yeah. Can you say what he said? Can you say what? Can you say what, what he said? I just said it. I just said it. I just... Again, um, Tim Anderson uh, saying that it happened twice yesterday, uh, once in the first and, and, and then again. Uh, so uh, just very, very, very consuming, very um, different state of affairs here, right? Like when you've got Josh Donaldson saying, listen, I've been calling him Jackie since 2019 when I was playing for Atlanta. Well, again... It, it, it's, it's a different day. It's a new time. He's on a different team. Uh, there was some type of physicality, scrappiness that took place in a game back on May 13th. Maybe there's some hard feelings there. And, um, and, and this escalated. And it escalated. And it just it, it was not wise on the part of Josh Donaldson by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, do you consider this uh, a racist comment by Josh Donaldson? Curious, uh, we're, we're taking the temperature this morning here on 98.7 ESPN, 800-919-3776. Anita Marks with you on this Sunday morning here on 98.7 ESPN. Well, I mean, I, it, what it seems like, I don't know. What it seems like is they talked about it as a team, and then he tried to confront me. I'm like, he's like, I didn't know what he was talking about at the beginning. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? He's like, you know what you said. I'm like, are you referring to me calling him Jackie? Like, that's... Like, like, I thought that was a joke between him and I, you know, because we have talked about it before. And um, as I said, let me mention that again. He called himself Jackie Robinson. Okay, it's, it's, it's one thing if Anderson calls himself Jackie Robinson in an article, but it's another if, if, if you are making light of it or you're making fun of the fact. It's, it's, it's different. It's, the, the entire context is different. 800 919 Three seven seven six. 
this this story, this situation, uh, this it's 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 an onion. It's got a lot of layers. Let's peel it back. We've got a lot of calls. Let's get to all of you. Uh, Bill in Queens, welcome in. Good morning, Anita. Thank you very much for taking my call. You would know this better than most of your listeners. You're a professional athlete. There is a camaraderie and a joking around there. Now, perhaps Donaldson didn't read the room, like you said, like maybe they had to scuffle, and now it's not time to be funny anymore. But this is something the guy called himself. And unless we start looking at certain situations a little bit better, then things are never going to change because there is joking around that goes on in the locker room. You want to, and Tim Anderson never said it was racist. He kept saying it was disrespectful. And then when the reporter prodded him by what LaRussa said, he was like, yeah, along those lines, along those lines. He never said it was a racist comment. He said it was disrespectful. So if we want things to change, we do have to look at some things like, yeah, maybe he was disrespectful, but to go right away to the racist comment, I mean, that, it's ridiculous. Thank you. Uh, let's go to, uh, and, and, and let me just, and, and let me just say, yeah, I, I played organized sports and professional sports the majority of my life. And yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of joking going on and, and whatnot. That's why I, I really, I, I believe that there is more, there is more to this story than what is being reported. There is an underlining. And, and again, I, I don't know if it's, if it's that game on May 13th, I don't know if it's the, the state of where we are in society right now and the sensitivity of, of everything um, I, I think it's a multitude of things that compiled that now calling Anderson Jackie as he rounds a base is um, is is more inappropriate now than it was back in 2019. Okay, uh, let's go to Andy in Queens. Andy, welcome in. Welcome in. Hi, how you doing? Hi. Uh, I don't know. I'm just. Uh, I mean, I saw it. I watched it, and I disagree completely. I mean, I think. Uh, you know, the times I know have changed and everything, but calling somebody Jackie Robinson is disrespectful, one of the greatest players to ever play baseball. He could have changed it around. And yeah, but, but keep it, but Andy, Andy, keep in mind, good. Andy, wait a minute. Andy, wait, wait, wait. Keep in mind, he wasn't, he, he wasn't calling him Jackie in, in a negative light. He was, he was calling him Jackie in a, in a, and I'm not going to say it was a negative light, but it it, it wasn't like a. Um, it it wasn't in the form of how Anderson described himself in the SI article. Yeah, well, I, I think once you put yourself out there like that and you call yourself that, I mean, I really, I you know, if you've been calling him for years, then. Uh, I, I, unfortunately, I think this is something that's just going to go right down the line between black and white. If you're going to listen, you'll see all your white, older white guys are going to call in agreeing with Josh. And believe me, my grandkids are mixed, and, and I understand that whole thing. But I just, I just think this is a big deal about nothing. Andy, thanks for the call. Let's go to uh, Aaron in Brooklyn. Aaron, welcome in. Aaron? Yes. Hi, Anita. It's your man, Crush. Um, I just want to say, as a 58-year-old black man, I'm very sensitive to this kind of stuff. But at the same time, I think we went from one end to the other. Now we're overly sensitive. I think what he meant was kind of a dig, but not in a negative way toward Jackie Robinson. I think he said because the article he was calling himself uh, 
kind of a Jackie Robinson to change the game. I think he was just kind of digging, really, you're Jackie Robinson. I think it was more about his abilities. I think it was just like a joking little dig. I'll give you an example. Um, I was telling your producer, just like, um, what's that movie that came out? Blazing Saddles. Loved it. Funny as hell. But in today's society, we're so sensitive. We, they wouldn't even have made that movie. If, if, it, if it was made today, it would have never been made because there have been people arguing and fighting about your disrespectful, this, that, and the other thing. But I really don't think, I don't really think his, his comments were racist. I really don't. I think it was more like a personal ability dig, like, oh, yeah, you're the new Jackie Robinson. Yeah, right. I, I think it was only meant because of that. I don't think it was any racial or anything like that. What do you think? Um, Ern, thanks for the phone call. I appreciate it. I, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I, I didn't talk to Josh Donaldson. I don't know. I just think, a, a, this is what I do think. A few things. Number one, I think there's more here than what meets the eye, right? If, if, if Donaldson's been calling Anderson Jackie since 2019 from when he was playing with Atlanta, um, why all of a sudden is it a hot, hot button topic now for Anderson? Uh, does it go back to that game just a few weeks ago, May 13th, where they got into some type of pushy match? Something happened there during the base running. Um, you know, is is there? You know, White Sox are struggling. A lot of people felt that the White Sox were uh, a team coming in that potentially uh, was going to dominate Major League Baseball, possibly win the World Series this year. Now the Yankees are. Is there some 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 uh, you know anger there, frustration there? Um, calling him Jackie, not once but twice, as we heard Anderson say. You know, he called me at once. I let him get away with it in the first inning. Not again. You know, let it, let it, like, okay, enough. Call me Jackie once. Okay, I get it. Now leave it, let it go. He didn't. He went back to the well. Um, we live in a very, um, you know, sensitive environment right now compared to what, what, where we were in 2019. So I think, what do I think? I think there are a lot of variables here that contribute and have contributed to where we are right now, for sure. Let's go to Patricia in New Jersey. Patricia, you're up. Welcome in. Uh, yeah, good morning. Uh, you know, outside, I love your show, Anita. Outside of the fact that you're a Giants fan and I'm a Cowboys fan, I still love your <laughs> show. But, but, but <laughs> let me say this. You know, I feel the disrespect started when this Anderson young man said, He's the new Jackie Robinson. All of the players that have come that have been super have never said they're the new Jackie Robinson. You don't say that. Jackie Robinson did more than make the game fun. He broke the color barrier. How do you compare yourself to this young, this person? Number two, he would have been fine if the Chicago uh, White Sox had been winning. If he had hit a home run and was rounding the bases and he said, hey, Jackie, he would have been laughing. But because they're losing and the, the Yankees, and I'm a Mets fan, and the Yankees are kicking their butt, now mm-hmm. all of a sudden there's some kind of sensitivity. So mm-hmm. I say Donaldson should say, I'm going to stop. But it was fine for a while. Now it's not funny to him. He finds it sensitive, so I'm going to stop. But this young man, Anderson, should have never compared himself to Jackie Robinson. And that's why I called in. That pissed me off. Okay, Patricia. <laughs> all right, I'm going. You got, okay, you got it, girl. You got it, girl. You go, girl. All right. <laughs> oh, boy. 
All right. Uh, we're going to continue with your calls. Mike, Greg, I promise you guys will be first up. Uh, we're also going to take a detour here and get an update in regard to what's going on with the Rangers as uh, they're uh, taking on uh, the Canes game three later on tonight. You'll be able to listen to that right here on 98.7 ESPN. But uh, continue to call in. We're going to continue to discuss this topic and we're going to continue to take your calls uh, throughout the show. So, uh, so just hang tight. We'll get back to you, I promise. Anita Marks with you, 98.7 ESPN. Time to talk some hockey here on 98.7 ESPN. Dan Rosen joins us, NHL.com, talking Rangers as they're looking to try to get into this series. Unfortunately, they're down 0-2, two valiant performances in Carolina. Defense, both teams off the charts, uh, but can they turn around and at least get the series to 1-2 here at the Garden? Dan, welcome in. Great to have you this afternoon. First and foremost, let's look back before we look forward. First two games defensively. Uh, really, uh, they've 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 been outstanding, especially these two goaltenders. Yeah, Anita, thanks for having me. I mean, it has been defensive battles. That's what Gerard Gallant called them, and it's kind of interesting because after the first round series the Rangers played, you wondered if they remembered how to play defense, and now they're playing terrific defense. You know, it's it's quite even. The shots are forty nine, forty eight. I mean, the shot attempts are very close. They've only given up three goals, really. I mean, one's an empty net goal in two games. And when you only give up three goals against your goalie in two games, you pretty much expect to win both of those games. And they haven't won either because they haven't been able to find any offense. And They're playing against the one team in the league that allowed fewer goals per game than them during the regular season, and that's Carolina. So you kind of had a feeling it would be a defensive battle. The goaltending has been solid. And... Honestly, the, the, the difference right now for me is just the Hurricanes' penalty kill is better than the Rangers' power play right now, and that was the difference in game two, the big difference, really, and that's why you're at 2 to nothing right here. And it, it's been defensive, but one of these teams uh, has got to be able to break out a little bit, and it's got to be the Rangers because they're the team that has more offensive skill. Yeah, you know, it's looking back again, the, the first two games, you know, and, and we heard Gallant say that he felt that the Rangers played their best game of the season in game one. Unfortunately, the last, what, two plus minutes in the third period, yeah. uh, very, uh, you know, the, the, the puck did not bounce their way. And then, of course, we saw they lost in overtime. And then now, you know, power play favor uh, the Rangers. And, you know, they're up five to three. And then Smith scores that goal. So it's like, you know, how how do you you know, looking back and saying, man, it's just, it's been a series of unfortunate events as to why this team is 0-2. It's not because they're playing poorly. How do you brush yourself off and come into this match tonight, Dan? Well, you've got to look at it this way. Number one, you played two strong games. You didn't get the result you want, but you played two strong games. You bring that strong defensive game into Madison Square Garden, you're going to give yourself a chance to win. That's number one. Number two, you have to look at it the other the, the, the way too, that, you know what, Madison Square Garden's been very kind to the Rangers. The fans are push you. It is a big part of playoff hockey. The home team, the home atmosphere is a big part of playoff hockey. That's going to help you. The Canes went 0-3 on the road in their first-round series in Boston, so maybe that's something you can play off of too, that they struggle on the road. But mainly, I think, from the Rangers' perspective, Chris Kreider, Artemi Panarin, Mika Zibanejad, got to show up in a big way. And it's not like they've been bad. Well, I don't like the way Panarin's played that much, but it's not like they have been bad. They're not generating a lot, but they're not giving up a lot. 
but the Rangers' game throughout the entire season has been about generating offense, taking some risks, putting some risk in your game in order to create scoring chances. And, yeah, it might go the other way occasionally, but you live with that because of how talented that they are, these skilled players. They have not played with any risk in this series, and I think in order to get the reward, you got to put some risk in, and I think that's what they have to do today. You know, I was talking about the Rangers yesterday on my show, and I had a caller call in and say, why do you keep on giving them so much respect about, you know, their defensive side of the ball? They're doing nothing offensively. And my response was, but aren't they going up against the best defensive play- team in, 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 in the NHL? I, like, it's not like Carolina was giving up a, t- a ton of goals to other teams and other offenses throughout the season. I, I mean, am, am, I, am I missing something here in, in regard to uh, the lack of offense on the Rangers' side? No, you're not. They're playing the best defensive team in the league, and it's hard. And, and it's really hard to, to, to score against these guys, it's, especially when, you know, they're playing their game, and they're playing their game right now. And, you know, their penalty kill, we saw it in game two, how it was the best in the league, 88% during the regular season. They, they pressure on the penalty kill more than any team I've seen. They're up in your face, and the Rangers, the Rangers game on their power play is to pass the puck around, move it around, find the open seams, Kreider in front of the net, you know, a bang-bang to a one-timer for Zibanejad. But you can't do that against a team that pressures a lot. It's got to be one-pass shot and play off the shot. So it has, the Rangers almost have to change a little bit of what they do in order to generate more against this team. But part of what they do also is try to make some skilled plays. And I think it's been far too much of, gain the red line, chip it in, go chase it down. And that's not really the Rangers' game. That's not – they can do that for a little bit, but they need to generate more through the neutral zone, off the rush, you know, find those bank passes off the wall that send somebody up in a two-on-one. Those are the things that I really think the Rangers need to be looking for more. And, yeah, it does, like I said, it throws more risk in your game, but that's how you're going to generate offense against Carolina. And the other thing, when you're doing that, you're also going to force at times the Hurricanes to take that slashing penalty or that hooking penalty or that tripping penalty, and that puts you on the power play. And more on, the more they're on the power play, the better it's going to be because that will allow them to figure out and break down that Canes PK. So it's hard because this Carolina team is that good defensively, but there are things the Rangers, I think, can try today to try to break it a little bit because, honestly, I think three goals is going to be enough. Again, uh, Dan Rosen joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. You can see his work all over NHL.com. Let's talk about Shesterkin and, and, uh, and, and really the postseason he's having. A little topsy-turvy, right? Gets benched at one point, uh, you know, whatever. Gallant feels that, that he needs a breather, um, but comes back, has a phenomenal Game 7 at the Garden to win the, uh, the, the first round in advance and, and has been tremendous so far, you know, and I even said I, I felt that um, that game seven at the Garden was legacy, uh, you know, part of legacy building for him in his in, in his career here in New York. Um, you know, talk about talk about Shesterkin and, uh, and 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 what he means to this team so far in in this series and the postseason. Yeah, well, I I agree with you. I thought the game seven performance was one you know one that really helps that legacy. You got to do it in the playoffs, right? You do it in the playoffs in New York at Madison Square Garden. That's when you become mm-hmm. the, the the type of legendary player that you can be, and he has done it. Now, look, I mean, it's Game Seven of the first round, so you have to take that for what it is. But it's still a Game Seven, 
and how, how many Game 7s at Madison Square Garden was Henrik Lundqvist lights out, and that built his legacy for what he was, and that's why he became the king of New York, you know? And Shesterkin has been terrific. He, he had the hiccups in Pittsburgh, Game 3 and 4, but the team in front of him was just god-awful as well. I mean, they were terrible uh, in those games. It wasn't necessarily all on him. He could have been better. I didn't, what I didn't like about his performance in Pittsburgh in games three and four was the body language. I thought his body language was way off from what it was during the regular season. Like a puck would go in, and he'd be kind of looking around like, how did that happen? You know, and that was never the case in the regular season. Well, he figured it out. He was the big reason why they came back to win that series, obviously. That game seven performance was good, and he has been fine. I mean, he has, he's been good in this series. You can't complain about goaltending. That's certainly not the reason that the Rangers are down two to nothing. Uh, I think he's showing it. He's proving it. You know, the ability to, to respond, to, be that, to have that resiliency after games three and four, that's what you need in your goaltender to be, a, to be known as a playoff goalie, and he's proven that right now. Um, in, in regard to uh, the series moving forward, you, you touched on it, right? Like, Carolina, great at home, not so great on the road. Um, how optimistic should Rangers fans be tonight that, uh, that they could at least get the series back to 1-2? Well, I think they should be – I honestly think they should be optimistic because if, if they play the way they played in Carolina and could just find that extra goal or two, they'll be fine. And that was the difference. They could have easily come back from Carolina up to 2-0 or at least with that split. And they should have – frankly, they should have had the split. They sat on a one nothing lead. You can't do that. And then – you know, Carolina scores the game-tying goal late in the third period, and the reason they do really is because Artemi Panarin didn't have a very good back check, and Ryan Strom made a sm- made a slow change. That's it. That, that was the difference, you know. And you know, you, like Rod Brendamore, Carolina's coach, says, if you take a breath, you'd be out of it. And they took a breath, and you can't do that. But I do think that there is optimism. There should be optimism. They've played very good defensively. They figured that part of the game out. They're at home, and they've got skilled guys that, you know, it's only so much that you can keep Panarin and Kreider and Zibanejad and Fox down. And I don't know that Carolina can do that again and again and again. They've, they're a very good team, but I do think the Rangers have a breakout performance in them, and they got to get it here. I mean, you can't go down 3-0, so it's got to be today. Again, I just going back to the Josh Donaldson thing. I, there, there's more here than what meets the eye. It's just it, it's it, what's 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 being reported just doesn't make sense. Um, if it was something that was okay back in 2019, if it's something that has been said frequently, um, and then all of a sudden yesterday it's not okay. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why it, it it can't be okay, and there's a lot of reasons why it shouldn't be okay. But the fact that it was okay up until yesterday, why? What went wrong? What's different? Is it because the White Sox are losing? There's frustration there. Is it because we live in a, in a, a different type of society, different, uh, more um, you know, uh, sensitive environment when it comes to stuff like this? Uh, is it because there was some type of, uh, I don't want to call it an altercation, but a physicality, a scrap that took place in the May, ter- May 13th game? Is there, is there something else there? 800-919-3776. Curious to get your thoughts. Uh, by the way, this 98.7 ESPN leaderboard brought to you by Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports is live in New Jersey. Visit Superbook.com for all the latest odds and promotions. Have a problem with gambling? Make sure you call 1-800-GAMBLER. And, uh, of course, 
Uh, we talked about it for the first hour. Hopefully you listened on the tee. Pereira at the top of the leaderboard at nine under, right behind him. Willie Zalatoris at six. Matt Fitzpatrick at six. That's who I have my eye on winning today is Matt Fitzpatrick. Cam Young is at five. Wouldn't be surprised if he does as well either. He's only four shots back. Um, and that's really, that's as far. Unless you want to look down to uh, Justin Thomas, who's two under. He's seven shots back. The only way Justin Thomas wins is if he shoots, like he goes really low, like a 62 or 63, which... Let's be honest, next to impossible on this golf course and uh, in the young guns at the top of leaderboard don't play well today. Um, but this is Diamond Notes brought to you by Two by London, the engagement shop at London Jewelers. And we've been talking about it since we opened up the show because it is the storyline today. And that is uh, Josh Donaldson um, being accused by uh, White Sox shortstop Tim Anderson using the racial slur Jackie, calling him What's Up Jackie. Keep in mind, back in 2019, SI article, Tim Anderson said in that article, quoted, I feel like I'm today's Jackie Robinson. I need to help change the game. Joke that's been going on between these two players since 2019. Josh Donaldson sounds pretty, pretty perplexed as to what went wrong here. Why did all of that change? Let's go to Jeff in Delray Beach. Jeff, you're up. Welcome in. Good morning, Anita. Great show as always. Thank you. Look, I'm as sensitive to racism as anybody. Um, I think a claim like this takes away from real claims of racism. You know, the comment was, I'm the new Jackie Robinson. I'm going to change the game. You you want to say something like that, you know, uh, players trash talk. You know, if he said, look, I'm I'm the new uh, Willie Mays. And Donaldson called him Willie. I'm the new Superman. Hey, Superman. I mean, it's ridiculous to think that this has to do with some negative comment because of his race. You know, (laughs) Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier oh so many decades ago. So this thought that it has to do with a man's race, as far as I'm concerned, is ridiculous. You want to say that you're somebody... You're going to get trash talk from people. And as you mentioned, there's a history of it. He laughed about it. Yeah, things can change, obviously. When you're talking about something that's really racist, if he used the N-word, if he said something, you know, really racist, but, you know, Henderson's the one that said, I'm the new Jackie, I'm going to change the game. Well, you can't change it like Jackie did because there's only one person who breaks the color barrier. So what is it that you're talking about? You know, if Mark McGuire said, I'm the new Babe Ruth, you could be sure he'd be hearing trash talk. Hey, Babe, how you doing? So to me, this is absolutely ridiculous. It's a way for Henderson to get attention to himself in an improper way. And I don't like it. Your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, Jeff, I've been talking about it since we opened up the show. Um, You know, again, I, I think there's more here than what meets the eye. There's some underlining, uh, there's some underlining things that, that I, I think has, cat- and, and I appreciate your call, Jeff, thank you. I think there's some underlining things that have catapulted this to where we are today and the fact that now, you know, we've spent a good portion of, uh, of the first hour on the program talking about this and we're fielding a ton of calls, which is great. And, and I'm thrilled that these calls are coming in. And obviously this is what Sports Talk Radio is about, to give you this avenue, to give you this ability this 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 opportunity to to voice your opinions when it comes to sports and it's great we appreciate the calls but i I just i think there's more here than what meets the eye at the end of the day um because it just it just it doesn't one in one doesn't equal two to me um if this is something that's been going on since 2019 
Um, and then now, just all of a sudden, now, yesterday, it's a problem, right? Like, um, I don't quite understand. I, 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 under, I understand how someone can look at it as racist. I understand that. I can understand how, I can understand how Tim Anderson is upset about, about um, the situation, and, and I respect that, and, and, and I feel for him. I get, I'm not saying I get that. I just don't understand why is it an issue now? when it hasn't been an issue since 2019. If you allowed it to exist and progress and be what it is since 2019, why all of a sudden now is an issue? It's because that's the what White Sox stink. That's, that's why. What, well, I think that's, uh, well, we're assuming that, Will, well, right? Like, we're, like we're, 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 we're assuming it's, it's, I'm assuming it's a number of things. I'm assuming it's, it's, it's whatever happened in that, on that May 13th game, we're assuming that it's the frustration from the White Sox and the fact that the Yankees are kicking butt and taking names. I mean, we could sit here, we could assume why it's now escalated to what it is. And but right? this is a guy, though, Anita, that, and I'm referring to Tim Anderson, that is not afraid to say what he wants. And we all know this by now. Josh Donaldson and Tim Anderson are hotheads. Both of them are. And Tim Anderson said back in 2021, we are the best team in baseball. We are better than the Yankees. So, and he also said he was a new Jackie Robinson. So he's a guy known for having bulletin board material. So if, if you're going to give yourself that bulletin board material, you have to be able to take what people say back to you. Now, the context in which Donaldson said it, I could understand why it could be misconstrued and why Tim Anderson thought it was racist, but you can't say something and expect nobody to say anything back regarding that, if that makes sense. I, I, I hear you. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Mark in Jersey. Mark, welcome in. Hey, Anita. Anita, great show as always. Nice to talk to you. Thank you. Um, I, my take on this is I feel that the word racist is being thrown around way too easily these days. People are being accused of being a racist for very minor things. Racism is a very serious, like I'm 45-year-old white guy. I'm a conservative. That means I'm a white supremacist in the minds of a lot of people, which is totally incorrect, and I don't even know a white supremacist. I do think that, unfortunately, our government seems to be wanting us to hate each other, to divide us. And that's kind of my take. It's, it's really they're putting their stamp on the divide of our country. It's unfortunate. I don't think this had any negative intentions, personally, through Josh Donaldson uh, to, you know what I mean? It's just it's, it's thrown around like a freaking baseball these days. It's crazy. But that's about all I got. Thank you, Anita. You got it, Mark. Let's go to Dwight in Long Island. Dwight, welcome in. Hey, good morning. I just wanted to say I, I love the show and I'm listening in. And uh, I, I think the context is important because you can you can make a comment like that, like Donaldson did, and I, I don't really have an issue with it. But if he made it in a context where, you know, Anderson thought he was mocking him, I could see why he would be upset about that and he would take that, you know, that way. But, you know, the other thing also I would like to say is that, you know, to talking to the callers now that I've been listening to, you say something that may be inflammatory. You don't have control how, over how people are going to react to it. So you may not think it's racist. You may not think it's wrong, but they may see it as being wrong. And it's a touchy subject these days with race. I'm not getting into all the other nonsense about government and all this, like I'm hearing you people saying. But the point is, 
you really have no control over what people are going to react to things that you say that you don't see as serious. But it's a serious topic, and race is a very serious topic. Thanks and done. Thank you, Dwight. Appreciate the call. Let's take one more before we take a break. Let's go to Victor in Jersey. Victory, welcome, welcome in. Hi. Good morning, Anita. Um, good morning. Yeah, I, I, you know, I just, I, I don't, I don't believe there was any racist um, intention in the comment. Um, you know, as as, as a Hispanic man um, that's played baseball and softball on the weekends, and and and. There's a lot of ribbing going on, you know. I mean, I I, I remember being called Serrano, you know, um, from from the, the 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 character from the movie Major Leagues because I have a resemblance, you know. And I was called that by you know black players and uh, teammates and 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 you know and and white teammates. So it's like you know I never took it as a racist thing, you know. It's just you know it's sports, you know. Um, and I just don't think there was any malicious intent in that. And um, I just don't know why. Honestly, I think this is being blown out of proportion um, because of the sensitivity that the country is in and the, the, the era that we're in and all that. Um, you know, I mean, I, I've myself been, you know, called much, much worse, you know, being a, a 53-year-old man, you know, growing up uh, as a kid in the 70s and as a teenager in the 80s. I've heard it. Um, so... I just don't feel this is really nothing to, 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 to even discuss, to be honest with you. But it is what it is because of the climate we live in. This is where we're at. So, you know, little things like this get blown out of proportion. But I, I don't think it was anything malicious, in my opinion. Victor, appreciate the phone call. And uh, we're going to continue to take your calls throughout. Uh, we're going to kick off hour two. Moke Hamilton's going to join us. We're going to talk some NBA, get you ready for some more NBA action tonight. As, of course, uh, the uh, the Boston Celtics uh, win and uh, surprisingly to me I, I thought for sure Boston going home um, dominating uh, like they did in game two in Miami that they would win but that was not the case so uh, not not to mention huge loser last night um, for me here but nonetheless uh, we're going to continue to take your calls throughout we'll continue to talk about this topic um, Max Goodman from SI is going to be joining us at 1030 we'll get his take uh, who, of course, he covers the Yankees. So he's going to be joining us on the program at 1030 as well later on this morning. So stay tuned for that. Anita Marks with you. We kick off Hour 2 next here on 98.7 ESPN. Anita Marks with you on this Sunday morning here on 98.7 ESPN. Um, we've got Max Goodman joining us. Uh, covers all things Major League Baseball, the Yankees with SI. Max, good morning. Thank you. I, I know very late notice, but... Uh, big storyline and obviously has been driving our show uh, since 9 a.m. And, and that is Tim Anderson and what's going on with him and Josh Donaldson. Josh Donaldson, as we know, calling him Jackie, not once but twice yesterday, escalating. And here we are. And we're talking about racism in Major League Baseball. If you can kind of I, I truly believe there's more it just doesn't make sense to me, Max. You know, you've been calling him Jackie since 2019. No problem, no problem, no problem. And then yesterday, boom, it's a problem. I think there's more here than what meets the eye. Curious to get your thoughts on on, on, why, on how and why we got here today. Well, first off, good morning, and thanks, thanks for having me. Uh, I definitely think that there's uh, more to this story, and I think that perhaps more details will uh, come out this afternoon, we've got a long day of baseball ahead of us with a, with a doubleheader between these two teams. Obviously, tensions were very high yesterday, and these are two competitors with fiery personalities. But, you know, Tim Anderson saying that what 
Donaldson said to him was disrespectful, and obviously his teammates and his manager agreed with Tony La Russa calling what Donaldson said racist. Look, if you look back to the, the interview that Donaldson was citing in 2019, which was with Stephanie Epstein of Sports Illustrated, Tim Anderson said that he feels like today's Jackie Robinson, but the rest of that interview is about his, his path to the majors, being one of the few uh, black American players in the league right now, and you know, Jackie Robinson's legacy and dealing with, you know, that experience of, of going through in, in, a, in a way what Jackie Robinson did as one of the few black American players. So it's one thing for Donaldson to joke about something if they're close friends and maybe they've talked about it in the past, but it seems like to try to take Anderson's side for a moment, because obviously I covered the Yankees, so I heard from Donaldson yesterday, but reading up with what some of the White Sox writers were writing yesterday, it seems like Anderson never really thought this was a joke and obviously took exception to what was said. And, and maybe this was an example of, of tempers really boiling over to, to, a, to the worst point between these two. And there have been obviously benches clearing between these guys in the past. Obviously when Donaldson was with the, with the twins last year, they played the White Sox quite a bit. So again, a lot of baseball to be played today. We'll see if, Tempers flare once again, but this is definitely something that needs to be talked about and addressed uh, going forward. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm curious. Do other players refer to Tim Anderson as Jackie because of this article? Not, not to my knowledge. Uh, that's not something that, that Donaldson said yesterday. Uh, what, what he was explaining was this was a joke in 2019 when he was with the Braves at that point, and that was something that they talked about, I believe, how I understood it is he talked with his teammates in Atlanta about it, but he didn't say that other Braves players have been referring to, to Anderson in that way, at, let alone to his face during a game. Um, so I'm not completely sure about that. But, again, Donaldson said that it was a joke. He didn't intend for it to be racist, and obviously it came across that way. But it's still you know, a, a question mark as to how many times he's done it to, to Anderson in the past. It was multiple times yesterday, though. Max Goodman joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, what happened in that May 13th game where there was some, some, some scrappiness, some physicality uh, between Donaldson and, and Anderson? Yeah, that was something that, that Donaldson defined after the fact as a baseball play. Uh, there was a pickoff throw back to third base. Donaldson was playing third, and Anderson was on third base. And as the throw got to Donaldson, he kind of pushed Anderson off the bag, trying to make a tag. Uh, it didn't look like it was necessarily intentional, but obviously there's an animosity and a history between them. And right as it happened, Anderson jumped up and kind of shoved Donaldson back, obviously saying, you know, what are you doing here? Why, why are you pushing me? And the umpire, the third base umpire, I forget his name, he, he, he got right in the middle of it. And, and as much as benches did clear, Similar to yesterday, there were really no no punches thrown, and the, the conflict de-escalated pretty quickly. But that's obviously another example of the, the relationship between the two of them. And I don't know if something was said to, to a similar degree as to what was said yesterday in, in New York with what happened last week in Chicago. But it just so happens that the two teams played each other you know, a week apart, and they're two really good teams with fiery personalities between these two players if they're going to cross paths in the infield, you know, what happened in the fifth inning when benches cleared yesterday, that was also a result of what happened in the third inning when 
Donaldson was right around second base and, and words were exchanged between the two of them. And that might have been one of the times where, where Donaldson said something that, that lit a fire uh, under Anderson. Yeah. I, you know, uh, again, Max, I just I, I think there's more here than what meets the eye. There, there's there's more of this underlining thing as to why now it's a problem when back in 2019, maybe not so much. Um, I, I know I know Booney came out and said that uh, he's going to do a deeper dive and, and he's going to talk to, to Donaldson. Uh, do, do you see any in uh, is, is Booney speaking to the media today at any time? Um, you know, do you, you you do you anticipate any type of response from the Yankees or the organization prior to the game? Is there a chance that we don't see Donaldson play tonight? Any, any of the above? Well, to, to address your, your last question of that bunch, I think already, even if nothing happens, a doubleheader would profile as a day where Donaldson might get one of the games off. I mean, the White mm-hmm. Sox have two right-handers going um, and, and Kopech in the night half. Nightcap is a hard-throwing righty, maybe a, a tough matchup for someone like Donaldson and Boone has been resting his infielders obviously they have five infielders for four spots they wouldn't be a day where Stanton and Judge play in the outfield for 18 innings or whatever it is so even if there weren't tensions between these two clubs I could definitely see Donaldson getting one of the games off this seems like it's something that's going to be under investigation whether it's from the league down obviously uh, Boone said yesterday after the game that he was going to get more details about what happened We'll hear from Boone before the, the doubleheader, and I, I believe we have clubhouse access later this morning before uh, either of the games get underway. So we'll see if any of the other players talk about it. Donaldson said yesterday that he spoke to some of his teammates to kind of try to clear the air and, and tell his side of the story. But, you know, Nestor Cortez and, and some of the other Yankees who spoke last night said they're going to stand up for their teammate, and that's why they all, you know, rushed the field in the fifth inning when, when bench is cleared. We'll see if maybe their opinions on, on what Donaldson said may change a little bit based on now knowing the, the full story or at least what, what's been uh, told and, and reported to this point. But, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll say it again. It's going to be a long day at the park, Sunday night baseball, between two teams wanting to get these wins. If Donaldson's out there and happens to cross paths with Anderson in the infield, because you have to figure Anderson will be out there, uh, maybe words will be exchanged. Uh, Donaldson said yesterday that he wants to apologize and would be willing to talk with Anderson. It just didn't seem like yesterday, based on what Anderson said in the clubhouse and what happened on the field, that he would be willing to have that conversation. You know. Again, Max Goodman joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. You can see his work all over SI. Uh, before I let you go, some other news besides uh, what's going on with Josh Donaldson. Uh, and that is Chad Green. Apparently, there's a there's a possibility he's going to need elbow surgery. What, what what's the latest there? Yeah, Green left uh, his outing in Baltimore. I believe that was Thursday with right forearm tightness, and now he's on the injured list with a right elbow strain. We don't have an official uh, diagnosis beyond that, and he's getting a couple extra opinions. I'd expect that we get some sort of update as to whether or not he's going to undergo some sort of surgery, whether it's Tommy John or something else uh, today. And that's kind of the, the sense we got from Green because he was in the clubhouse yesterday and didn't necessarily want to talk to us about it yet. Um, either way, I think it's, it's fair to assume that he's going to miss an extended period of time. You know, Luis Heal, one of the Yankees prospects, is also going to undergo Tommy John surgery. So this pitching staff is finally facing some adversity. Uh, Green has, has gotten a little flack for, for – 
blowing some games and maybe not being the, the pitcher that he was. But if you look at his numbers, I mean, he hasn't been on the injured list since 2016, and he has a sub-3 ERA since then, so from 2017 all the way up to his last outing in, in Baltimore a few days ago. So he's been really just the, the most you know consistent, reliable guy in this bullpen from that span, able to pitch in high leverage. He was an opener for them. So it is a big blow for this bullpen, and that's something that, that Boone was talking about yesterday. I will say, though, that I think that this pitching staff has the, the talent and the depth to kind of soften that blow. Uh, they've got Clay Holmes, who's turning into one of the best relievers in baseball this year, arguably this team's new closer based on the, the outings that he's been in these last couple of days. Obviously, Aroldis Chapman, when he's on, he's, he's still elite. And Jonathan Loizaga, as well as you know Michael King, is having a breakout year in the pen. And I haven't even mentioned the, the, the veteran guys and, and the prospects that are able to come up to. So it is a blow. And losing green, if it is for the rest of the season, uh, is, is not ideal by any means. But I do think that they have the talent out there uh, to be able to, to fill his shoes in a way. Fantastic. Again, Max, so appreciate your time, especially on such short notice. Uh, enjoy the games later on this afternoon and this evening. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate you it. You got it. You got it. Max Goodman, SI. Make sure you check out his work covering all things Yankees. Um, we're going to get to your, your calls in just a second. want to remind you the uh, 98.7 ESPN Leaderboard brought to you by Miomi Wine. Whether you're tuning in to watch the pros or celebrating your own game, tee up a glass of Miomi, the official wine of the PGA Tour. Visit Miomi Wine, Miomi.com. I'm sorry, Miomi.com today. Please enjoy Miomi Wines responsibly. Miomi Wines, Acampo, California. And where does it stand right now? Um, you know, the, the guys at the top of the leaderboard haven't teed off yet, but those towards the bottom of the leaderboard have Streelman is three under day. Uh, Keith Mitchell is two. Rom is two under through nine. That's nice. Decky is one under through four. Tony Finau with uh, Hovland, Jason Day. Um, all of them are at even. Uh, guys who are uh, who are not hitting par or birdies. That's for sure. Uh, over one over today is Jordan Spieth through two, along with Keegan Bradley, Leishman. Horschel, um, Morikawa is two over, just to name a few. So, um, But the big boys who have the opportunity to win the second major of the season tee off later on this afternoon around 2 o'clock. Let's go to Vince in Brooklyn. Vince, welcome in. Hello, can you hear me? Hi, welcome, Vince. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Listen, um, all right, uh, uh, I'm trying to make this as short as possible. All right, um, Commentators for um, New York sports, all right? Mm-hmm. Who do you think is the best? Okay, we got the Alberts. We had the Alberts, right? Steve and Marv doing, the, you know, Stevie's doing the Nets game and Marv doing the Knicks. Cohen and Crew doing the Mets games. Darling and Hernandez doing the Mets games. Sterling and Walden doing the Yankees. Monroe and Frazier doing the uh, Knicks. Right, Nelson, Murphy, and Connor back in the day doing you, the Mets. You, you tell but, me, you tell me who you think is the best. Doesn't matter what I. Who do you think is the best and why? I haven't even I haven't even announced them yet, but it's White and Rizzuto. Why? Why? Because I, I grew up on. I, well, I, I pretty much grew up on all of these guys. I'm, you know, listening to all these cats. But White and Rizzuto, Phil. Phil had so much to say about so much. I, I, we just talked. I, I think I just heard you guys talking about this earlier. The birthdays, the uh, the food, the cannolis, the huckleberries, the holy cow. 
Phil, Phil was the man, you know what I'm saying? And I, I'm, I'm really sorry that I had to leave out Vince Scully because I didn't really grow up in the Vince Scully era, era and I only listened to Scully when I was living in L.A. But, um, yeah, that's, that's to me, that's it. Um, you know, I, I, I just wanted to hear your opinion on who you think it was. Vince, I appreciate the call. Um, listen, my thing is, and, and I'm and, and I'm not going to give you, uh, I'm not going to tell you who I think is the best or who I think is the worst. You know, everybody. Here's what's here's here's what I find, uh, which, which is special and unique, and and that is, you know, I love commentators who make it their own, right? Like, um, I I think I think in. in you know, when you, obviously you're talking about, two, you're talking about somebody who does play by play. You're talking about somebody who does color, color commentating. Um, and then, you know, also you're talking about, you know, guys who of course host and gals who host sports talk radio. I, I think when you have a commentator who can, um, a few things, three things I think are really important when you're calling a game. Right. And one is, um, painting the picture and, and giving the listener the visualization without saying too much. Less is more, right? Um, I don't necessarily like when, when it's too much chatter, too much talking. Um, and so, so that's first and foremost, when you find somebody who can um, create and give you that vision without saying too much um number two you know somebody somebody with with a lot of personality um you know i i feel like when you're listening to a broadcast you want you're listening to a broadcast with somebody that you want to watch a broadcast with you want to experience with right somebody who you want to open your home to or you want to you know share a beer with or you know go somewhere and watch a sporting event with so number two, in my opinion, it has to be somebody that, you know, you, you, you like as a human being and somebody who you would want to spend time with. Um, and number three, when, when, you're, when you're listening to the broadcast, I think a lot of it has to do with chemistry. You know, who's ever calling the game and who's ever doing the color commentating, you know, they, they have to be on the same wavelength. There has to be an ebb and flow, um, like, like a good relationship. So it, 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 it's smooth and it feels right. And it's not uncomfortable to listen to. It's not choppy. They're not talking over one of a, one of one or each other. We want to make sure we protect the ball. But again, you can't go out there and, and play, you know, afraid. Be smart, not reckless, if you will. If you've got a shot on the right read, let it go. You know, there's there's going to be things that happen in every game. The defense is going to make a good play. There might be a tip ball. Uh, we're going to have to do a good job of taking care of the football, but I want them to turn it loose. Uh, Brian Dable talking about uh, Daniel Jones wanting him to, quote, unquote, turn it loose. I'm excited to see uh, what, what offense uh, Dable and, and Kafka are, are, are putting together. As Dable said, you know, well, Kafka said, this isn't a, a Bills offense. This isn't a, a Kansas City. Kafka from Kansas City. This isn't a Kansas City offense. It's going to be a Giants offense. And uh, and again, I, I think folks are, are, are sleeping on Daniel Jones and, uh, and and just how athletic he is and, uh, and, and the way that Brian Dable is going to be able to utilize him and uh, in, in a fun and exciting offense, something I think Giants fans haven't seen here in quite a while. Also, I heard uh, wide receiver Robinson, who they drafted, uh, looks uh, looks pretty dynamic. 
I think the Giants are looking him to kind of step up and fill that void once Sterling Shepard uh, is gone, no longer on the team, and this could be a good rebound learning year for him. I'm also hearing that Tyrod Taylor looks good and is really confident. No surprise there. Keep in mind, Tyrod Taylor comes over, knows this offense extremely well, played under Dable before, so uh, there's a confidence level there as well. Uh, just knowing knowing the offense and having a good grasp on it and able to execute. Barkley apparently looked good. He's at full strength right now. So, uh, you know, first week of OTAs for the Giants, uh, 89 of their 90 players showed up. A few did not for personal reasons. No big deal there. And uh, as for the Jets, same thing, positive. Well, one more thing in regard to the Giants. Unfortunately, uh, James Bradbury no longer on the team. He's now signed with uh, the Philadelphia Eagles which makes that Philadelphia Eagles defense even and that team even even more uh, impressive. You look at their roster, watch out. Uh, for me, I, I think the Philadelphia Eagles are the team uh, to win the NFC East this year heading into the season. We'll see. Um, and as for, uh, as for the Jets, uh, same thing. I guess the biggest news coming out of uh, Jets OTA is, is just how um, bulked up uh, Zach Wilson looks, spending a lot of time in the gym, putting on some beef, putting on some meat looking buff, looking strong, uh, having to, of course, for the durability concerns uh, when, of course, the Jets first drafted him. But here's another thing, and I don't quite get it. Ira, I'm going to get to your call in just a second, and that is, you know, he, he goes to a, a Mets game. He takes in a Mets game. He's wearing his cap to the back, and he's got his own Mets jersey that has his own last name on it with his own number on it. I, I And again, I don't know. Nothing's been confirmed to me, but... Sometimes teams, organizations know a player or a celebrity is coming to their game. They'll produce, a sh- they'll produce a jersey for that person. How do we know that the Mets didn't produce that jersey for Zach Wilson and, uh, and he was so kind to wear it at the game? And I don't have a problem with the whole hat to the back, especially you're at a sporting event. I don't understand. He just got absolutely destroyed uh, by his appearance at the Mets game this week, and, and I don't quite understand it. Let's go to Ira in Staten Island. Ira, welcome in. How you doing? Hey, good morning, Anita. How are you? All good, all good. So, yeah, you know what? You take on the Wilson thing. You know, I didn't think much about it, but as you bring it up to me, it's no big deal. <laughs> Let the kid go out and have a good time as long as he's doing his work. And I'm glad the reports are that he did beef up because he might need it if number 77 Beckton doesn't get into camp pretty soon. But, you know, I, I look at it, and I look at the people that Douglas has brought in, you know, whether it's a free agency or, you know, you like the tight ends, I know how you feel about the team. But I, I just think the easiest transition from college to the NFL is a running back spot. I just think they, they come in and they make a much more impact. It th- doesn't take as much uh, many years as other positions to learn. And I think Hall, if this offensive line lives up to some of the billing that they're going to have, I think Hall's going to have the biggest impact on any of these rookies because it's what you would think. I'm sorry, you broke up there for a second, Ira. What, what was your? Yeah, I think I think Hall's going to have the biggest impact out of all these rookies, just because he's a running back and it's an easy transition from college to the NFL for a running back. Yeah, I mean, and, and there's a lot of talk and there's a lot of excitement um, about him as well. And um, listen, if there's one thing that a, a young, inexperienced quarterback wants and, and an offensive coordinator knows can help help a, 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 a young, inexperienced quarterback, um, especially with a suspect's offensive line, is establishing a great rushing attack. 
And um, and I, I, I love the pick of Carter last year, Ira. Probably one of my favorite picks. Loved him coming out of UNC. So now you've got that one-two punch back there um, with with some depth. And I think that's that's really, really going to help Zach Wilson immensely. Uh, on, on top of the fact that they finally have some tight ends on the roster, which opens up the middle of the field. Like, you know, if you're smart, you know, there's always that safety valve. So to me, the excuses are over. I know we're, you know, a couple of months away from training camp. But you know what? He's got to take the next step. And I love drafting him. I'm so high on him. But, you know, now he's got to prove it. You know, there's no more excuses. Ira, thanks for the phone call. I appreciate it.